lives. Amen. Brother Holmes, it's a joy to have you in our pulpit. Joy to have you in the school tomorrow, chapel, or Tuesday or Wednesday, sometime through there. Just glad to have you. Come preach for us. Oh, wow. Just pick it up and it comes on. If there's one description of this church, it's a sweet church. And what I'm going to speak on tonight, I believe, will help you keep your sweetness. How many believe people need to see a sweet church again? Father, thank you for the wonderful people. Lord, what I'm preaching on tonight is very unusual, and you've given it to me to preach tonight. God, I pray that we would see the seriousness of it and that we would never, ever let anything get in the way of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to speak to you about an unusual subject, and it came as in a very unusual way to me, not that this was the focus of why I'm preaching this, but I am going to tell you this. Uh, I forget timing on all this, but a while back, a few years ago, I preached at a church for the first time and a doctor came up to me and the doctor said, I have no idea why I'm saying this to you, but I want to see you in my office this afternoon, Sunday afternoon. Didn't know him. He said, would you mind coming? I've learned one thing, you have to obey doctors. I went. For five hours he worked on me. When I first got there, I said, what are you doing? Why is this taking so long? He said, your heart is going uh, 240 beats a minute. And uh, he said that your heart is going very fast because you've stayed on a court so much that your heart, it's got stuck at a high speed. So I had to come uh, have this take place. And he checked it out for five hours, finally slowed it down. And I prayed, Lord, I've got thousands of young people I'm going to be in front of this week. Please help me to have my heart slow down. And he worked on it all different ways, tried several different things. And uh, how many believe God does answer prayer? And the fact that he would come up to me like that and just say, I'd like to see you in my office, not even knowing why, shows the hand of God and how he loves us and cares about us specifically. So he had me in there for five hours, and uh, it, didn't, it didn't slow down to the fifth hour. God miraculously slowed it down. And he said, had I let you go and play, I would have been held liable because he said you would have been an exhibition of a heart attack my first game. I said, well, thank you for listening to God and for bringing me in here. And then when I, there's a lot of detail to this, but I've got a lot to preach and I don't want to give you all the details surrounding. If you want to know, my wife knows every detail of everything. And she'll, she'll give you all the background and everything. So anyway, and she always says, you didn't say it exactly, uh, all the details. But I do remember this. God answered my prayer and got my heart bound to 60 beats a minute. And then I found out that I had to go home and have an ablation to get the heart to slow down. And it slowed down. And then several years went by. And all of a sudden, I called up someone who was a supporter from our town, the head of a pharmacist. Uh, the head of a pharmacy, and he uh, said, um, I, I want you to be checked. And so here we go again. And I went to the, the cardiologist, and the cardiologist said, when we got in and took pictures, we found out two of your arteries were completely plugged up, and everybody usually has to have a double bypass. 
in order to solve the problem you have, but he said it all happened, you kept on playing volleyball. And he said that caused the arteries to completely clear up and develop two other arteries somehow where the, he said they're acting just like you had a double bypass. And God, I said, God did it all. And I said, he called it a celestial bypass. <laughs> and, um, but we have a great God who can work miracles. And then what happened just recently, I went back to the cardiologist. Timing will be clearer when you speak to my wife. <laughs> but I went back to the cardiologist and uh, the cardiologist said to me, he said, if I let you go play volleyball, you may just die on the court. Your heart may just stop on the court. Because on one side of your heart is 32%, supposed to be around 70%. And he said, you're at 32%. He said, I don't know if I should allow, and he stopped and think, thought a minute, I don't know if I should let you play or not play. And I said, well, I'm playing. And I'm not going to stop because my God can take care of me. Amen? Amen? So guess what happened? All of a sudden, he put me on four, uh, seven medicines, I think it was. And I'm on these seven medicines. And all of a sudden, four months later, my wife and I are begging God to somehow get more than 32% back. And he said, most of the time, you get about 40% back. I went back to him just a few weeks ago, and he said, your heart is at 69%, and it's supposed to be 70 to 75%, and it's back to normal. Again, how many believe our God will take care of us as we give out the gospel? Amen. And he'll strengthen us in ways we could ever imagine. Now, I, I thought of this sitting here singing tonight. I thought the life of the flesh is in the what? Blood. Okay, the life of the flesh is in the what? Blood. And our eternal life, thank God that his blood is the way we have eternal life. But don't miss this. The life of the flesh is in the blood, and what carries the blood? The heart does. And there is no life without the heart. Even my eternal life started that way. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And with the heart confession is made. See, when we talk about this, it's because we're speaking about what God did in our hearts. How many believe if the, heart, if the blood is the life of the flesh and the heart is pumping that, what causes the life of the flesh, how many believe the heart is a great analogy for God to use on why we ought to guard it? Yeah. So I want to speak to you tonight from Proverbs. If you would go with me to Proverbs, and uh, I'm glad I have 70% of my heart back almost here. And in Proverbs 4, I want all of us to get our hearts to be where God wants them to be. And in Proverbs 4, I want you to think about what a healthy heart that loves God would say about itself. I'm your heart, don't forget me. And in Proverbs 4, verse 1, Hear ye, children, the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. How many of you are glad you're in a church that preaches good doctrine? Amen. This is good. How many believe it's best? It's no, you can get so much out of this all the time, right? 
So I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. How are we going to continue in this amazing, wonderful, good doctrine? Verse 3, I was in my father's son, tender and only beloved, in the sight of my mother. Verse 4, he taught me also and said unto me, let thine heart retain my words, keep my commandments, and live. When the heart retains the word of God, we have life. I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. How many believe this Bible is meant to give us an abundant life? And it starts with the heart. Now, you see, the very thing that, that the heart does inside of us is found in verse 5, when that heart lives and is right. Verse 5, get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Now what would cause us to come to church and say, I want to get wisdom out of what the pastor preaches. I want to get wisdom out of the Bible. That's the, the ability to take what it says and live it out. How many believe the Bible ought to be lived and not just studied? And so when we live it, what's going to cause us to get wisdom and get understanding and forget it not? Neither decline from the words of my mouth. Verse 6, forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Lover, God's wisdom is, ought to be loved. Lover, she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. In other words, if we don't live out the Bible with God's wisdom, what, what, what is it going to do to help us? And then how are we going to want that wisdom? Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. All of this comes from wisdom. She shall give to thine head an ornament of grace, and a crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings. Receive my sayings. So you can hear it, but the question is, are you receiving it? Receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. How many believe the Bible is always true? Amen. So go back to verse 4. He taught me also and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words and keep my commandments and live. And back to verse 11, I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led thee in the right paths. What I'm so glad about is God always wants us to lead us to the right path. You say, how come so many go in the wrong path? They didn't take care of the heart. And the heart is behind the whole thing. It's the thing that puts life in us and causes us to be drawn to the commandments. To want to live those commandments. And in verse 12, when thou goest, thy steps shall not be straightened. Now I have read this word over and over again. And I've always wondered, if I have straight steps, that must be good. But what he says here, I, when thou goest, if your heart's right and you're getting wisdom and you're getting the Bible that brings true wisdom to lead you in the right path, when thou goest, thy steps shall not be straightened. But then I found out that wasn't S-T-R-A-I-G-H-T-N-E-D. It was spelled different. So I looked this definition up tonight, and you'll be straightened means you'll, if you'll have stress. You'll have deficiency. When thou runnest, 
Thou shalt not stumble. So we ha he has straightened circumstances. He's poor. He's destitute. He needs something bad. How many of you are glad God's word causes us to have peace and not distress? Now, watch this. When our hearts are right, we have the wisdom to avoid deception. We can help our kids avoid being deceived. We're in a nation that wants to deceive every young person, but how many are glad when our heart's right and we're led to the commandments and our heart gets right, how many believe we have a message for everybody? Amen. Parents, grandparents, did you ever stop to think that when your heart is right and you're not straightened, distressed, you're going to say, wow, how can I protect my kids and grandkids? I'm going to recognize something tonight. You can cause my kids and my grandkids to be babysat by perverts. Amen! Okay, I'll preach it. How many believe this is destroying our second generation? Now I'm going to say this in love tonight. It's a good tool, but I'm going to tell you this. It can destroy when the heart's not right. And so they're babysitting our kids. God says, guard your heart. The heart would say, I am your heart. If I'm in control, you'll have wisdom to help your children be guarded. My wife and I listened to something this past week that I used in the public school. The chat rooms. Your young people are chatting with people that claim to be real friends with them, and they think, boy, you're cool, and you're, you're this and that in a positive way. Wow, would you send me some pictures? Not good ones either. And then they find out once they send the picture to who they thought was really a good friend, became a perverted person wanting to make money, and they said, now if you send us money, this won't happen. But if you don't send us the money, it will happen. What? We're going to broadcast your filthy pictures that you sent to me all over the internet and to your friends and family. How many believe it's time we have wisdom? It's time we say, I'm going to protect, but if I'm not protecting myself, how am I going to protect someone else? So we ought to say this. Look at verse 13 of Proverbs 4. Take fast hold on instruction. Let her not go. Now, the instruction is so important. And one of the instructional verses says, abstain from all appearance of evil. And you've become a whole lot more than just appearance. So, in verse 13, take a hold of this. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. One of the political leaders in South Carolina, a representative said my child came out playing this game out of the bedroom, my teenager, came out of the bedroom playing a game that ended up being so perverted and he went into the bathroom and shot himself because of what was going to be exposed. Wow. Time we take fast hold on instruction. Look at verse 14. Enter not into the path of the wicked. Go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it. Pass not by it. Turn from it and pass away. 
You'll see the end result of sinners when your heart's right. And he's driving you to the Bible and you're saying, I can't live without this. In studying this, I was shocked to see what I saw. How many believe the Bible says a whole lot about the heart? As a matter of fact, the heart is so important, it is our very life, just as in our physical body, I think God used this analogy, because in our physical body, life of the flesh is in the blood, and that's carrying our life around. Now, verse 16. Now, watch what it says about wicked people in Proverbs 4. They sleep not. A lot of this stuff is happening at 1 and 2 in the morning when you don't even know your kids are on there. They sleep not except they've done mischief and their sleep is taken away unless they cause some to fall. Social media. Look at verse 17. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just is as the shining light. How many believe our light gets brighter and brighter? And, and shineth more and more under the perfect day. Now look at the contrast in verse 19. The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. Unless the Holy Spirit changes this tomorrow night, we're going to find out where all this ends up at. You have got to be here tomorrow night. I was going to see if anybody wasn't coming, I'd preach both of them tonight. So how many are coming back tomorrow night? Great. And bring people, because I'm going to preach on the lake of fire, and I'm going to show some things that are absolutely unbelievable about this place. But their, their, their way is the way of darkness. Now look at verse 20 of Proverbs 4. We're going to stay right here in Proverbs 4, but I will quote some parallel verses. But look at verse, uh, tw uh, chapter 4, verse 20. My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not uh, depart from thine eyes. Okay, my eyes have seen it. I did my devotion. My eyes have seen it. How about thinking about it all day so you can get wisdom to do something about it? So the heart, now I, I was told tonight, I hope you'll rip my face off when you're preaching. What a great attitude of somebody here. I want you to rip my face off. You know what? I honestly believe this. If our hearts get right, our faces will what they be ought to be. And I want you to know tonight that it's not the outward thing that's the problem. He said, well, I've heard preachers, man, they rip into me. And they didn't even preach the truth in love. They just ripped into me. And it didn't change me. Now, hang on. Look at verse 23. Keep thy heart. Everybody say the word heart. With all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. I can preach about all the issues, but if we do not have our heart right, I don't care how much conviction is coming across the pulpit or how much someone preaches so loud and how they get on our sins, if we do not guard the heart, it won't help the life. 
We ought to guard our hearts. Keep thy heart means guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Then he says in verse 24, look at this. Put away from thee a froward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. Now he's telling us to be right with our mouth after he tells us to keep our heart with all diligence. Verse 25, let thine eyes look right on, let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand, nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. How many believe we need to hear more of this? Amen. But how's it going to happen? Just listen to this very closely. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. Then he says, this is the first and great commandment. What does he mean? If we love God with all our heart, soul, and mind, when the heart loves God, it's the first and great commandment. If you do that, this is the first thing that will cause all the rest of the things to fall in place. If you love God with all your heart, you'll want to go back and hear his sermons from 30 years ago and say, I didn't live that one, I better go back and live it. All of a sudden, there's going to be in your heart a change. And the heart is the center of it all. If you do this first, it's the first commandment. Miss that? You've missed everything. I don't care how much knowledge you have. If you don't have your heart right, you've missed it. But then he says, it's the great commandment. In other words, this is the greatest thing you could learn. How many are glad this Bible is supposed to change hearts as it did when we first got saved? Hearts. First and great commandment. In other words, a heart right with God would say, I am your heart. I am the foundation to everything. I am your heart. If I'm not right, all fails. Now, Come back to Proverbs 4. We're going to keep referring to this and looking back at it because what a chapter. In Proverbs 4, look at verse 20. I'm going slow because when I get excited, I tend to speak fast. But how many believe this is something we ought to just meditate on tonight? Verse 21, 20. My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. I heard it. I'm all set, pastor boy. I heard you preach. Great food for thought. How about great food to change my heart? Listen close. Let them, verse 21, not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. What's that saying? Lord, is your word in the middle of my heart? Are you, is my heart in the middle of everything? How many believe God's word is true? Say amen. Amen. And then he's saying, I want your heart in the middle of it all. I am your heart. You will never attend to God's words without me being in the middle of it all. I am your heart. Give attention to me. I can be the center of focus. When you say to yourself, I got to keep my heart right. I got to guard it. I got to make sure. And by the way, if I was, my heart was right yesterday, it may not be right today when somebody offends me. Unless I get my focus back on it. 
Now, when you say a person is in the middle of everything, how many of you have ever met someone who's in the, that seems like they're in the middle of everything? Raise your hands real high. What does that mean? It means the person is there all the time. In the midst means I am the heart, now, don't miss this. I am your best friend. Guard me. Be alert to me. I'm the key to every issue of your life. The thief will try to rob you from me being focused on you. Disappointments come. Uh, we'll lose our focus. We'll become cynical. It'll take it away from us. Disillusionment comes. We'll leave the heart out. But if we guard the heart, life will take care of itself because out of it are the issues of life. I am your heart. Leave me not out. Your life will have bad issues. Sin will take over. Escape. You, you'll try to escape with drugs, alcohol, and all kinds of other things that you run into. But the real problem is the heart. Out of the heart of man proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornication, thefts, false witness. All of these things come from within and defile the man. Proverbs says, as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. I'm the one making you who you are. You are what your heart is like. I'm nervous about you, Holmes. I don't want you going playing volleyball. Your heart may stop on the court. And God is saying to us tonight, I want you to guard your heart. I don't want it to stop in your Christian service. I don't want it to stop in a revival meeting. I want it to continue. How many are glad God wants our hearts to continue? Amen. Will it in your life? Now look at Proverbs 4.21 again. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. If it's in the middle of everything... Nothing will want, stop us and keep us from a revival meeting because we need the preaching. How many would agree we all desperately need to hear the word of God? And when we get to the place where the heart's right, it'll be, I've got to be in church. Amen. You mean no dinner tonight? No clown? No preacher coming out of the ceiling and dropping down before he preached like one church did? Do you mean to tell me I can come just because the Bible's being preached? How many of you are glad this is the attraction? God himself is the attraction when your heart's right. I am your heart. Without me, you'll never desire the word of God. And then he says, wow, look at verse 22. Boy, the Bible's powerful. Look at Proverbs 4.22. For they, God's words, right, are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh health to all their flesh. Without me, there's no health. But when I'm in focus, there's health to all your flesh. All your flesh. Look at that again. Health to all their flesh. Boom. 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 Blood. 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 Now, I wake up sometimes at night when I'm sleeping on my right side and my whole hand goes asleep. It actually, the, the blood's not getting there because I pinched something and the hand goes numb. How many of you have ever had that happen to you? You know what's actually happening? The life of the flesh is in the blood. Your arm is actually starting to die. And sometimes you'll shake it to get the blood back there. 
When your heart's right, you have health to all your flesh. Every problem in a local church, bitterness, envy, jealousy, is from the heart. And God says, I want you to guard it like you don't want to ever lose it. First thing on my heart when the doctor said, I don't want you playing on the volleyball court, was, I know if this thing fails, I don't care how good my game is, it could stop suddenly. But I'm to guard it spiritually. A girl was asked to quote Psalm 23, and she said, the Lord is my shepherd, that's all I want. How many are glad for the shepherd tonight? Is he all you want? Once he's all you want, you'll find he's all you need because the heart will be taken care of and getting to every extremity. Guard your heart. I'm your heart. Leave me out and your life will have bad issues. You'll want to escape everything, as I said earlier. Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Everybody say, so is he. What's the problem in the churches this morning on apathy? It all comes down to the fact that we need to get our hearts right. What, well, I don't believe that we always have to go to an altar, but some of us haven't hit the altar in years, and we ought to say, my heart needs to get tender again. My heart needs to be tender. Desire me first, and you'll find I'm all you need. I am your heart. I make you who you are. I am your heart, desire me first, and you will find that I'm all you need. The law of God is in his heart. None of the steps shall slide, Psalm 37, 31. Psalm 119, give me understanding, and I shall keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Make me to go on the path of thy commandments, for therein do I delight. In other words, when there's a delight for it. Oh, I mean, you know, when we, I find when I open it, you know, oftentimes we, we ask ourselves, am I praying God speak to me personally? How many of you glad we have a love letter right here? Amen. And when the heart's right, it's God, I want you to love me some more. God, I need you more today than I ever did. And God, I want the commandments to be in me. Give me understanding, and I shall keep thy law. I shall observe it with my whole heart. Make me go in the path of thy commandments. Oh, that there was such a heart in them, that they would fear me and keep all my commandments always, that it might be well with them and well with their children forever. How many think we ought to get back to our next generation being safe again? It's going to take leadership on our parts. It's going to be thy word shall be in your heart and thou shalt teach it diligently to thy children. God, help this truth to burn in me so much that I can help somebody else. Ecclesiastes says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. Let's hear the conclusion. Fearing God, and of course, loving him and all of those things, but fearing God, listen to this now, it's the whole duty of man to keep his commandments. I am your heart. I'll summarize everything for you. Without a fear of God, there's nothing. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Okay, everybody say beginning. In other words, if you don't fear God, because your heart is drawn to him and you're fearing him, you won't even have any knowledge because you can't have knowledge if you don't have what begins it. That's right. 
boy, we need to watch our hearts. I am your heart, and a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. I want to be healthy. What's the answer? God, my heart is the secret to your true joy. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. In other words, all this turmoil and unrest can become peace. No, we can't have peace. I watched Fox News. Fox News. We can't have peace. How many believe we can have peace no matter what's going on in this world? But you see, when our heart is right, everything else becomes what it should be. Hey, I'm your heart. Bring me to your church service. If you brought me to church... Are you listening? If you brought me the heart to church, COVID would not have made you a missing person during services. Why are churches emptying out? And most pastors say 30% of them aren't even coming back. How many believe when our heart is right, we can't get enough of church? True? I'm your heart. Bring it to church. You took it to the ball game to see a ball go through a hoop. You sat on a football field in the snow, 30 below zero. I watched one picture I couldn't believe. I was shocked to see a stadium full and there was all kinds of snow on the football field while they were trying to play in the midst of all the snow. How many believe God's word in church is more exciting than a football game? Yeah. I'm your heart. And when I'm your heart, you won't be arguing about the umpire. You'll be arguing about the fact that uh, you know, that this ball game isn't everything there is to life. Well, that's my child getting a bad call. Wow. I'm your heart. Guard me. If you were concerned about me, you would get more angry at the devil than the umpire. Michael Jordan, Shaquille O'Neal, LeBron James has stolen many hearts away. Now, I say this in love. How many of you believe this? I'm just going to ask. How many of you believe when he preaches the Bible, he's preaching God's message to you? Raise your hands real high. And how many believe many times, almost all the time, anytime the Bible's open, God's presence is there? Now, listen. When God's presence is there, when he opens the Bible, you, you say, I want to be there with my heart to hear what God's presence is trying to say to me. It ought to be our prayer when we come through the door. God, this isn't just another service. God Almighty is going to meet with us and speak to us. The one who made all of us that's got our heart beating. Not one of you set heart. Come on, more, please, more. I need you to, I was about ready to say that, but you don't say, all right, heart, come on, more. God's in control of your heart. And if God is in control of our physical heart, much more spiritually, when I watched the line that was, that it was terribly cold, and I watched miles of people at 11 o'clock at night waiting till, I think it was 3 in the afternoon the next day, to get inside that Trump rally. As much as we hope for different leadership, I'm going to tell you something. It ought to be where we say, hearing what God, who made Trump, is going to speak about tonight is more important than lining up in the, in the 
ice cold weather so I can get a front seat in the Trump rally. Let me say this. We ought to be want to be in the front seat in our churches. Why? Because when the heart's right, you can't get enough. I want to get close to it. Now, physically, it, 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 I'm not saying that we have to physically sit in the front. But, I'll, oh, I got to say this. Is your heart on the front row? Uh, you're here. Some of us are in the back. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm preaching to you. I am, but I'm not. Uh, but say to yourself, I don't care where you are physically in the church. Is your heart up here? God, help me to have my heart right. Oh, you can get bitter towards somebody and all of a sudden go to church with a pity party. I'm preaching to all of us. I'm preaching we can all get to this place. But how many believe if we get our hearts right, the outside will change? The bitterness will change. I'm your heart. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Second Chronicles 16.9 I went to a gym. They had the whole thing lined up. Did they have their hearts in the meeting? They had 300 visitors that came to a Wednesday night prayer service, 200 church people, and I was to play, eat up, eat, they, first they had a dinner, they had a submarine sandwich and went the whole length of the gym. So I ate half of it. <laughs> and that submarine sandwich, the entire length of the gym, was perfectly in the program. I mean, I'm not sorry anybody, all these people digging in one sub. After the third game, I was to preach. Everybody knew I was preaching after playing three teams. I got up to preach, Pastor. 200 people left the church, left the gym, and went home. I said, how come so many folks are leaving? He said, oh, those are all my church people that are used to getting out of church at 8.30 every Wednesday. The unsaved is still here. Go ahead and preach to them. Wow. If our hearts are right, we would want to be there to see who's going to get their life changed. True? Where's the heart? You can have the program perfectly outlined, but where's the heart? Out of it are the issues that we need to deal with. Search me, O God, and know my... Everybody say it. Heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. God, you have a right to do a search warrant on me. You have a right to go inside of me. He's God. He knows it anyhow. I do not want your heart beating after a different drummer. God himself is there for you. And if you go after a different drummer, you are, you are an idolater. How many believe our God deserves love, not false gods? Amen. Right? You used me, speaking of the heart, I'm your heart. You used me as a child. You used me when you first got saved, and now you're at 32%. Doctor, it's supposed to be. 70 to 75%? Yeah, you're at 32%. I want it all back. <laughs> I hope and pray. My wife was praying on the way. The biggest miracle of it all, she found out I even had a heart. 
And we were praying on the way in, God, help us to get a good report. You're up to the normal. I said, well, spiritually speaking, am I only at 32% or am I back? Am I giving you my whole heart? And if we give them our heart, how many believe everything can be helped, including our marriages? Everything. The heart says, I can help your marriage. I can change the fussing into Gucci Goo. I can change the fussing into lovey-dovey. I can change lover's quarrel to lover's lane. When your heart's right. Here's the reasons to go to church on one sign of a church. This is the sign right in front of the church. Reasons to attend here. Number one, our pastor looks like Tom Cruise. You can wear what you wore to sleep. You don't have to go to Sunday night or Wednesday night. We're the flock that rocks. Don't miss our services. How many believe when the heart's right, those things wouldn't matter a hill of beans? True? I'm your heart. Am I present with you here in church? You've tried counselors. You've tried psychologists. I'm your heart. Why don't you try and let me be the most important one in your life? Let me introduce myself. I'm the secret to everything, so guard me. I go into a public school. One of my prayers that I pray a lot is, Dear God, even though I've done this 6,000 times, God help me have a heart when I go there the next time. My wife and I did some studying on vaping, which I'm going to address in the Christian school too. How many think we ought to address these things even in Christian schools? And found out that vaping was about 30 times worse than cigarettes. But they package it in cotton candy smelling type vapor. Well, nothing can be wrong with this. What a sweet aroma I'm having in my bedroom. So you read a little further. I'm a teenager that vaped and my lungs are all white now. And I am, I am 20 years old and have an 80-year-old lung now. Wow. I went to the hospital 18 days. And threw up the entire time because of vaping. I said, did you speak on that in the public school? Exactly like I just said it, very boldly. He said, what'd they do? They must have got mad. No, they were all lined up crying afterwards. What I'm saying is this. I can go in these schools and I can say, God, I've got this thing that... Uh, <laughs> I've got it, right? I know exactly what to do here. I'm going to say, if I beat the teachers, no homework. And they all start cheering for me. I don't know why, but they start cheering for me. And I can go through the whole format of the assembly. But the question is, is my heart there? Come in with your body. All of you that are here tonight most likely came through this back door over here. Your body is in here. Your ears are hearing me. I have a tendency to get a little loud sometimes. 
How many have a no problem hearing me? Raise your hands. But where is the most important thing? Did your heart come into the service with you to where this is more important than anything that would be a rock singer, an NBA star, a politician? What is happening in the church is so important to you that your heart is here. I've never used this before and I'm stumbling on some of it, but I know it's something I need and I hope it's helped you tonight. Because how many believe if that's the secret to everything, we better guard it? Amen. Why? Because out of you, are the, out of me, are the issues of life. Heart, I better start listening to you. Let's bow in prayer. With our heads bowed, let me ask you a question. How many would agree what I preached on tonight is something we all needed desperately, including myself? Raise, I'll put my hand up. Yes, amen. Now, I'm going to ask you to do something real hard right now. How many of you want genuine, real revival this week? Raise your hands. You say, what's the answer? All the liquor stores closing down. No, the answer is you hitting the altar now. Coming forward with a humble heart saying, I want God to really work this week, and I don't want it to be up to Holmes. I want it to be up to God himself. You come right now. Just come without hesitation. Come join me at the front. How many of you all said you wanted real revival? If you meant it, would you come join me in prayer? Just let's have a, uh, a church prayer time here at the front with a couple men praying that God will get a hold of our hearts this week. Tomorrow night, a sermon on hell. You've got to come bring friends. We need a heart. We need a heart. Can we pray here at the front? God, first of all, help my heart to be right. Help me to go back to when I was a child. And I was so amazed that the God of heaven would save me. Now, Lord, help me to go get older with a heart and not grumpy old man. Now, I believe we don't always have to come forward, but if you're in the pew out there, how many still want revival, even though you're not standing here? Would you show me by raising your hands real high? You know what the secret's going to be? Not that you come forward, but that you look deep down right now and say to God, I love you. I want you to work this week. So I'm going to have uh, a couple of men maybe or whatever pastor would like to do, but I'd like a couple people to pray for the rest of the revival. Revival's not necessarily people being saved, however we'd rejoice when people get saved, but I honestly believe more people will be saved in the long run when God's people guard their hearts. Pastor, why did 200 people just leave? Oh, those are my regular church people. Lord, help us to care again. Pastor, will lead us in a prayer for the rest of the revival. Uh, pray that God will help me tomorrow night with a very important subject.